the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. Nova Home Loan Studio today. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Dustin DeHart is here with us. 577-2600 is the number to get that mortgage tuned up. Uh, we don't need the crunch crunch. We'll just move along here. Uh, fantasy football. Let's talk about some pickups. Well, first of all. <laughs> There's none of these are in our league. That's what drives me crazy. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. a lot of this discussion yeah. is for yeah. uh, daily fantasy. Sure. Gotcha. Um, or I guess whatever it is, weekly yeah. fantasy. Um, but they, they could be available in yeah. some leagues, like especially at the quarterback position. Um, I don't know that. You know, if you're looking for a quarterback that, you know, Sam Darnold is taking. I picked him day. up. Yeah. I mean, he's he's doing well. I mean, starter yeah. or backup? Backup. Uh, who's, you know, your, who's your starter? Uh, J- uh, Eagles. Gosh, sorry. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. So now yeah. after last night. Yeah. You know, no, you start thinking I, about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You're like, oh, the play could be uneven. I, I, I agree. And that, like, and I was totally stunned last night when I went and looked that he had 330 and two touchdowns. Like, wait, yeah, I know, what? Right? When did that happen? <laughs> exactly. But what? What? It was crazy. So he, he yeah. is putting up numbers even when he's not playing well. Yeah, that was a bad pass in the end zone. He uh, floated that one out there. But, but think about it for backups. There are teams right now. There's a handful of teams. You're like, they don't have anyone that could even be my backup if you need a backup. If your quarterback gets hurt, I mean, mm-hmm. the rookie quarterback situation is disgusting. It's ridiculous. It, it, it could, are it, they 1 in 10 straight up? And like I, like something like 1 in 10 straight up, 1 in 10 against the spread. All the rookie quarter. It's something like that. I'll have to what, look up the number. They've yeah. been dreadful. And in fantasy, I mean, it'll be – Zach Wilson is not even – you can't even oh, think I about him. him for Darnold. Isn't, yeah. isn't the only win against each other? Head head. Mac Jones beating Wilson. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, Jeez. And luck. Justin Fields, uh, who knows what what's going 60 on in, yards in Bears. Man. Yep. <laughs> it's crazy. That was Nagy, though. I mean, can you blame it all on him? I mean, he just looked lost. You know, I, I get it that coach didn't really help him, but, jeez. Running backs of big interest because with Chris, uh, Chris McCaffrey down yeah. – Who's going to get those carries? Who do you think? Is it going to be Chuba Hubbard? Or it's Hubbard. Split it. It's Hubbard for now. Freeman will, get, Freeman will get more carries than people pro. think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they'll use Freeman more than I think. But also be careful. Like everyone flipped out about uh, Elijah Mitchell, which I did too. Um, and then he, and then he's out. And so like right. you, you start like using. I, I was in a league where somebody used ninety percent of their Fab budget on Elijah Mitchell. Oh, no. And I'm like, you're not going to get anybody else the rest of the season. Like, you're going to – and, yeah, if he plays the whole year, that's fine. But also keep in mind, and I did this in some leagues uh, this week, so if you have IR spots, Jeff Wilson should be on your IR. Like, just pick him up and put him on your yeah. IR. He's going to be the guy when he he's, comes what's back. What is he, about three or four weeks away? Four maybe, weeks. Maybe a little yeah. more, but um, – Well, do you think – I mean, what if – I mean, I, I I don't know. Can you call him the guy already? I mean, what if Trey Sermon no, starts he's playing? The, he's the guy. Well? You really? Uh, yeah, I think they trust him a lot. More. I think they trust him a lot. Right. I, love I was looking at him today. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it's a little too early to pick. Well, him up. but also, I'm not, yeah. like, if you don't have an IR spot, then you have to think about it. If you yeah. have an IR spot, yeah, yes, go pick him up and put him on your IR, and you'll you'll maybe have him toward the end of the year. Um, but as far as Hubbard goes, like, I don't think McCaffrey's out long. They didn't put him on yeah, it's IR. Like a couple weeks. It, like, yeah, they didn't even yeah. put him on IR. So they yeah. think he can come back within three weeks. So that's you know that's something to keep in mind. Um, and, and also the Freeman thing is going to be in your way as well. All right. Raiders insider. You thought, you know, Drake was going to be the guy behind <laughs> Jacobs Barber. and, and Barber has really emerged here. It, I yeah. mean, has Barber overtaken Drake? Not only 
carrying the ball, but he's getting the ball out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, you know, via the pass. No, Drake Drake is their primary receiver out of the backfield. He again, what he had like Drake nine, is nine or who ten we targets. thought he was. Right? He had like nine yeah. or ten targets this week. Like they're throwing to him a lot. And it, he should be he should be on your PPR teams for sure. No question about it. But they I don't think they like using him between tackles because they don't want to risk him as as a receiver. Interesting pickup, and again, this would be for the future. Um, it looks like Marlon Mack maybe on the move, maybe, may want to grab him now because if sure. he lands somewhere, I don't know. You know, the, the well, I was going to suggest the Rams, but I've, no, but you know, they don't have a salary cap, so what am I talking about? <laughs> they can pretty much do whatever they want. It seems we were just talking about their depth, but it, it, they'll find a way to freaking. Oh. But extend sure. someone out and free up money or the the Niners will have another running back injury maybe they pick Niners up too. right the Niners you have know. 11 running backs <laughs> the, the the situation of monitor is obviously New England uh who oh boy. and you never want a New England running back oh boy James but is are they out. going to make Harris the guy that gets the ball with white out that, that they throw the ball to or will it be JJ Taylor which very well could be people are saying it's it's Brandon Bolden no no, Brandon Bolden was the guy in James White's place because Brandon Bolden is on the roster and active because of special teams. He's not going to be the guy out of the backfield that they use. So it's um, Taylor, still kind think... of the new white guy, basically. Does a pass <laughs> catch, pass catching? Or... No, 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 don't say it like that. Yeah. The uh, white guy, no. <laughs> <laughs> the new James White. Yeah, I, I think I think he should be. I, I still think I still think Ramondre Stevenson has a role in that offense, so we'll see what they do there. But yeah, I think yeah. JJ Taylor will be the guy that becomes the pass catching huh. running back. Right. I need a receiver. Uh, Tim Patrick, Emmanuel Sanders, Hunter Renfro, AJ Green showing life. Yeah, how about that? I think Emmanuel Sanders was, was probably had his best game last week. Yeah, I, I mean, they don't chase the points. Oh, I just—I actually have him on a team. I just moved him into the starting lineup. <laughs> yeah, Tim Patrick, I figure they're going to be I mean, so. I, but I figure they're going to be so prolific at times throwing the ball. Yeah, that as the two, he's still going to get action. Yeah, and you know who's probably going to get double covered, right? Yeah, that's what they're doing right now. Yeah. That's why Diggs is not has not had a great start, and that's why the Bills. The, one of the reasons the Bills didn't have a great start, um, but they're figuring it out. You know how to how to go to other people. Hmm. Um, I I don't know. I I would. I mean, of that group, I think Tim Patrick's the guy because right, for right now, with no Judy, uh, no Hamler. Now he's out. Hamler's out for the season, right? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think Patrick will have a pretty good role. Ooh. I'll give you another flyer. Sean Jackson. Yeah, does, again, does, I think he, he had get, his best. Does he get enough targets? Though? Well, yeah, and he does. And I think he only played like 30% of the snaps. And then, again, he did what Deshaun Jackson does. Now you think, oh, let me start him, and he won't do that for three weeks. He'll bench him, and then he'll do it again. That's that's just my Deshaun Jackson I mean, you know, experience I've always had with him. If that's how they're going to use him, though, like it's going to be effective because – Everyone is so focused on on Cup and Woods. Well, that's I was going to say. What is wrong with Woods? Like, is I mean, I, I don't get it. It's just I it's just him. It's a him, him and Stafford and Cup thing right just now. Yeah, it's him connecting. And, it, yeah, gotcha. Stafford immediately bonded with Cup, and that's where Jeez. they're going. But eventually, sh- coverage will shift, and they'll go to Woods, and Deshaun Jackson will just be, hey, play twenty snaps a game, but just go deep every time, and then right. come rest for ten minutes. This is very hardcore, but at tight end, if you're looking for pickups, this uh, Dan Arnold dude just got traded yeah. in that deal yeah. for C.J. Henderson. What I a, mean, what a mess the Jaguars. <laughs> is there a chance that he's productive? I mean, he's better than Tebow. Right. Well, we know that. He's an NFL tight end. <laughs> Tebow was not. Right. Uh, Darnold, Darnold. What they tried uh, was O'Shaughnessy, I think, this week, and just dropped the pass basically over the middle, resulted in interception. Um, I, I, You want a part of that passing game? I don't. Man, I tell you, if you don't have one of the four or five tight ends, I, it literally, I, I don't. I mean, it is just a crapshoot. 
Well, now, but here's the thing: you just mentioned a fourth and a fifth. Yeah, I don't think I, I thought it was well. Only three. True, I just think the big three: Hawkinson and Andrews showed some. So life. look at him smiling in your ear because he he got some of the fourth and fifth. Yeah, that was all, not fifth, not Andrews. All all Hawkinson all the time. Hawkinson's already yeah. the number four but, tight end. But, in but he had a terrible week this week. <laughs> he sure so. did. I know. It was awful. No, I'm not. I'm not saying he's clearly. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying that's who I got. Right, right. A lot of Hawkinson. So, yeah, hopefully he continues playing like he did the first two weeks, not this week. We get all giddy over Dalton Schultz. No, no, no. Jarwin. Boy, yeah. what a relief last night for Zeke owners. Boy, because I'm sure they were starting to freak out. Yeah, that was a good night. He beat me. He yeah. beat me. I was I was ahead in uh, one league by like 20 points. He came back with 23 on the other side. Yeah, that was a big relief because I, I, if I had Zeke, I'd be hitting the panic button. But there we go. Hey, real quick, weird pivot, right? Uh, news coming in. We haven't really talked about this, and we you know we we talk uh, you know as much as we can about UNLV football on this show. The Mountain West Conference is in a weird position here. Soon, it looks like Colorado State and Air Force really are interested in could bail for the American Athletic Conference. First on the front end, so I get it for Air Force, kind of. Um, as it's been explained to me, they have a ton of sports. So they've got like 27 or 28 sports. So um, even though they have to go back east a bunch, it's maybe it's a better match. Um, they're also, it sounds like the AAC could make a run at Army, and they'd have Army, Navy, and Air Force, which is actually a really that good financial sense. move. Yeah. Um, now, the flip side of that is, if you're in the AAC, ooh, enjoy going against those offenses Three times now, right? At least you'll be more prepared. Hmm. I don't know, yeah. man. The conversation well, I was also, having, I mean, the conversations a... I was having. Yeah. Steve, there's going to be 30 teams in the league. You're not going to play them all three in the same season. Like, how many teams are going to be in this conference now? 20? What are we looking at? Maybe 14? I think more. But you're not, I mean, unless they put them in the same division. I mean, is that a big step up from the Mountain West? I mean, I don't know anything about the conference. Well, they're like, trying They're trying to make it much, much better. They're trying to get yeah, as close to the Power you. Five yeah. to get it. They they do right. get more in their TV deal. I think it's like six, $6 million per school versus okay. $4 million. Gotcha. Um, but the interesting one is Colorado State has a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not drawing well. They didn't hire the right coach mm-hmm. in a transplant from the East Coast and Steve Adazio. Colorado State will now have to – I don't know if you know who's in this conference. You ready? Like in con, because you have to you play all the sports when you're in a conference. So there's travel for freaking whatever every team. Mm-hmm. The teams in this conference, as of now, are SMU in Dallas, Memphis, East Carolina in Greenville, North Carolina, <laughs> Temple in Philadelphia, <laughs> South Florida in Tampa, Tulane in New Orleans, yeah. Tulsa. Tulsa's like, hey, they're close. It's not close. <laughs> and then Navy. Huh? Like yeah. you're never in your freaking time zone. Yeah. Does that, does that seem weird to you? Very weird. The, the whole thing's weird. But, the, I mean, this is it's a weird world of college athletics right now where everybody is just trying to do whatever they can, and there's panic, yep. which there should be. There should have been panic for the Mountain West uh, a long I, time ago. I, I was going to say, what happens to the Mountain West? If well, that's a good three? question. I mean, I think, do we I think, even have a conference anymore? I think a lot, they'll have a conference. I think a lot of this comes down to the confidence in the Mountain West Conference. Like, they got, they got real bold in the past, and, uh, you know, there was a whole showdown between the WAC and the Mountain West, and the Mountain West made a proactive move and added, you know, they brought in schools like Utah State and Reno, and that was a good move. But now you start looking around now, you're like, all right, who would want to come here? And and if you're talking like the conference, who do we want? Sure. Montana, <laughs> right? Uh, you yeah, know what? Yeah, one of, one right. of the schools we're actually talking about is North Dakota State because of the yeah, football program. Yeah. So it's like, do you make a run at SMU? It's, I keep seeing Rice. I don't even get that. Hmm, it's like either. a school of 5,000 that, like, it, that would be like, you know, it's like a borderline Ivy League school. And you're like, if you're like, oh, we want the Houston market, 
nobody, well, nobody cares about it. And that's the great thing. I, the AAC, I think, is falling prey to Colorado State, the Denver market. It ain't no. the Denver market. No. The Denver does not give a rat's ass about Colorado State at all. No. Yeah. It's weird, no. isn't it? Yeah. But that's how you sell it. Your, your goofy school sold the New York market. Nobody in New York has even heard of Rutgers. And there's also how many, you know, over 10 million people in the actual states. How dare them cover this weekend? <laughs> Steve. They're on the move. Yeah. They're on the move. They're finally getting guys uh, from the area. So getting more stout. You're scared, aren't you? That was a scary second half for you. He was, I forgot. He was, he's a Michigan fan. Oh, I he sends, yeah, me, a, he sends me a note. Yeah. He sends me a text mocking on uh, the Rutgers coach, and he was overly aggressive in the first half. Yeah. But, like, second half, Adam. They went toe-to-toe in the trenches, and they actually yeah. outplayed them from a strength standpoint. Now, they didn't yeah. win the game because then they got all conservative. when they, they, were, they were getting, like, wild in the first half. Like, we have to do crazy things to beat Michigan. And then when they went head-to-head with them and were actually achieving on the offensive and defensive line, then, they, then he went back to, like, uh, let's, you know, field goal time. And Michigan started running the ball into the line because they were up 17 and thought the game was over. Like, what are you doing? Uh, I'll also say Cade McNamara, I, he was off. They didn't even try. No, he was off. Just run the ball on the line, run they, the ball on the line, tried. run the ball on the line, punt. Like, what are you doing? It's 17, not 70. Did you bet Michigan? I did. Unbelievable. <laughs> How dare you do that? Yeah, we teased them, too. No, you got to bet, <laughs> bet with your head, yeah. not any allegiances. No. I, I would recommend, I think there's been an over-adjustment this week, Ohio State. Yeah. At what 15 you? and a half against Rutgers. It was 39 last year. Wow. Hmm. 39, so. But don't say I said to bet Ohio State. Hmm. But you may get your money back. All right. Um, uh, what's, going, what's going on? In the, oh, no. I don't want to hear that. What's going on in the world of mortgage tune-ups? Rates are ticking up, guys. Uh, it's, been it. a, it's been a little ugly last 10 days. So, you know, let's get let's get that call in. You know, we're in the eighth inning, Steve. <laughs> so, we've oh, got really? a last call for alcohol. Nah, feel- who knows? You yeah. know, like, but, uh, yeah, there is the feds talking about you know the economy's rebounding stuff like that you know basically they've kept rates where they're at because they buy 40 billion dollars in mortgage-backed securities every single month and uh the outlook is that they're going to start tapering that down right so it's not going to happen overnight Uh, you know that's the outlook is by june of next year that they be completely done but they've done this before spooked the markets and then they just keep buying stuff back so we'll see i'll keep you guys posted but rates are still extremely low they are volatile right now so if you haven't done that mortgage got that mortgage tuned up let's get it done five seven seven twenty six hundred is the number thanks to uh, dustin art coming up we're going to talk to miles simmons from pro football talk and we'll bounce around the league including getting into the steelers one of las vegas's favorite teams amazingly there are a ton of steelers fans here not looking good right now Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. Solomon Wilcox on Cofield and Company. What we've seen from the Steelers, especially in the fourth quarter, are they in trouble? Oh, yeah, they're in trouble. They're in trouble because think about it, man. I mean, you lose a T.J. Watt, not good. Ben is aging. He had uh, 67 dropbacks yesterday, 58 pass attempts. That's not what you ask a 39-year-old quarterback to do. you got to give him more balance than that. Perfect match by... Ari and the vast production team with the uh, music from 1978 there when the Steelers, most of the Steelers fans jumped on the bandwagon uh, when they were really, really good. But Solomon Wilcott's on the show talking about the Steelers and all their problems and Big Ben 
this is not why they brought him back to have him throw 58 times. Miles Simmons is with us from Pro Football Talk. Miles, all right. Uh, I mean, I thought the Steelers were not going to be very good this year, maybe eight or nine wins. There's a lot of distressing stuff going on. And Solomon also mentioned, you know, that, that now they've been hurt by the fact that, you know, TJ Watt, and this is, it's not a good look right now for Pittsburgh. Well, no, it, it certainly is not. And I honestly think that the game with the Raiders changed when TJ Watt went out. I mean, because he was given Alex Leather with the business over there, getting to Derek Carr, he strip sacked him. But like, once TJ Watt leaves, that defense just is not exactly the same. And you know, they lost Alex Highsmith too. So their defense is not where it needs to be. And then you look at Ben Roethlisberger, and he's not what he needs to be. The run game is not what it needs to be. You don't draft Najee Harris to stay at 32nd in the league in rushing, and that's exactly where they are. They can't run the ball again. And they keep getting behind, so they have to throw, and it's just not a good combination. It's like what you really want is for this team to be like Benjamin Button with Roethlisberger so like as he ages he gets back to his form when he was a rookie when they were just you know running the hell out of the football playing really good defense and that's how they won a Super Bowl when he was really young that's the formula for him to be able uh to be successful at this point and they are not doing two of the key things in order for that to happen and that's why the Steelers look so bad right now well at what point do they just pull the plug on the season and start thinking about next year I don't know that they they don't do that Right, like, what does that, what does pull the plug on the season mean? Because a couple of years ago, when Ben got hurt, it was like, all right, well, now they'll be bad and they'll be able to get a high draft pick and they will uh, get a new quarterback and whatever. And then they traded for Minka Fitzpatrick and they still went eight and eight. And they had a chance to go to the playoffs, I believe, in the last game of the season. So they don't really do that. That's not their MO. They've never had an, a sub 500 season with Mike Tomlin. And I think that this is the best chance that they've had for that to happen, you know, since he's been there uh, since 2007. But they don't usually do that. And I don't see them punting on the season until it's like, all right, well, we really know that we can't even get to, you know, a game above 500 at this point because we can't be 500 anymore. I, I don't know, but I don't, I don't really see them pulling the plug. So are you writing off Ben Roethlisberger? Because I have to start a list to give to John Gruden. Oh, of people who are writing off Ben Roethlisberger? Why? They yeah. don't play the Steelers again. They already played them. I know, but before what the game, he, he screamed. The list he, for? Well, he screamed at me and said, who's writing him off? And I, I said, the Steelers are. He didn't like that. <laughs> but, like, I mean, I think at this point, we don't see any salvation. Right? I mean, I don't think it's going to get any better. Well, like I said, I mean, the only way it gets better is if they start playing really good defense again and if they can somehow suddenly run the football. But I don't know how they're going to be able to do that with in-season adjustments, right? You you have the team that you have. The The best they can really think to do, I feel like, is start to get to where you're maybe getting uh, around 100-ish yards a game. But even then, that's not enough for the Steelers to go to the playoffs. I mean, I think that the Steelers certainly started to write off Ben Roethlisberger when they demanded that he take a pay cut. Otherwise, he wasn't going to come back, right? And so... Ben almost is writing himself off and saying that, yeah, well, I can come back, but yeah, I'll come back at this reduced salary because I know that my ability is not such that of somebody who should be paid $30, $40 million a year. So, I mean, I guess you could have said that both of them are writing him off. What is the market for Marlon Mack? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't know. I, I mean, the first team that sort of comes to mind, and I guess this is my own bias, is 
partially the Rams because they have Sony Michelle, they have an injury prone um, Daryl Henderson too. And both those guys are injury prone a little bit. Um, and then you also have Cam Akers who's been gone with the Achilles for a while. Uh, so, you know, I mean, he's been gone since before training camp, I guess I should say. So he's one piece that I think can solidify them as Super Bowl contenders. The Raiders are kind of another. I mean, Peyton Barber played really well in this last game against Miami, but not every team is Miami. Um, and you don't know what Josh Jacobs is going to be, unfortunately, just because in the last three years, in his first three years, really, he's just suffered a bunch of injuries and he's missed a bunch of games. And they always say the most important ability is availability. And I don't think that anybody would question how good Josh Jacobs is, but when he's not on the field, it doesn't really help you. Um, Baltimore could, of course, be in that conversation too. So there should be some sort of market um, for his services, but I, I don't know that it's going to be that robust because at the end of the day, he's still a running back. You mentioned the Rams used to be around them, and now you are in Los Angeles near them. The Buccaneers were in town this week, got to look at their secondary. How concerned should we be about the Buccaneers' secondary? Maybe a little bit. I mean, it seems like they're concerned, certainly, if they're bringing in Richard Sherman for a visit. And I don't know how much you can count on him to not only be productive, but also healthy throughout the rest of the season. He's gone through some injury concerns in two of the past three years. So I, they probably are concerned. Uh, I mean, when Carlton Davis is going through what he's going through, they've got a couple guys on IR. I don't think it's so bad that every team is going to make them look like the Rams made them look this week, right? I, I think that the Rams are going to make a lot of teams look like that, especially probably through half the season until you get defensive coordinators starting to think, all right, we understand now what the Sean McVay offense looks like with uh, Matthew Stafford and a quarterback who can make every single throw on the field, as opposed to you know, in 2018, when it was Jared Goff, you got Matt Patricia and what he did in that Lions game when they clinched the NFC West, that sort of gave other teams the blueprint. And then Vic Fangio followed it the next week um, with the Chicago Bears. And from then on, it just was never the same with Jared Goff. I think now you've got a quarterback with Matthew Stafford who can make teams look really bad because he's seen everything for so many different years. And McVay now has the guy that he can counterpunch with. So what's going to be the defensive counterpunch? Then we'll see the other counterpunch from that. I think the teams, if, if the Rams play the Buccaneers later on this season, the Buccaneers aren't going to look that bad, regardless of if they have injury concerns in the secondary or not. These are Tuesday Football Insider here on Cofield and Company, Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Uh, let's get some conclusions, some narratives out of the Eagles-Cowboys game last night. First of all, on the oh Eagles side, was that a comeback to earth and this really is a five or six win team or just a horrendous matchup? Maybe the Cowboys are great. Uh, well, I think the Cowboys are probably better than people are giving them credit for. And sort of similar to the way I feel about T.J. Watt and the Steelers' defense, I feel about Dak Prescott and the Cowboys' offense and kind of the Cowboys as a whole. Right? When you take away the QB, it makes the entire team worse, like dramatically worse. And I really think that's what happened with the Cowboys last year. Certainly they had a veteran backup in Andy Dalton and all that, but – when you have Dak Prescott not on that team, it, it really affects everything. And now that Dak Prescott is back, I feel like the Cowboys are the favorites in the NFC East. I don't know that that's really groundbreaking for me to say, but I think that the Cowboys offense looks great right now. Their defense certainly looks improved under Dan Quinn, um, their defensive coordinator now. And 
I, I think that they probably will make the playoffs. Now, on the other hand, the Eagles, man, they just, I don't, I'm not that high on Nick Sirianni, first of all. Like, I think that he might turn out to be a really good coach. I'm also not that high on Jalen Hurts. Like, I think he's okay. Um, I don't think he's the worst starting quarterback in the league, but I, I don't know that he's a franchise guy. Um, and maybe he could develop into one, but I, I just, I don't believe that he is one right now. Uh, and I think certainly when you see them go against the Cowboys defense and you see the throws that lead to turnovers and the throws that are late and the throws that are just sort of high and lollipop. And it's like, all right, well, this is sort of who the Eagles are right now. And when they played the teams that they played, what, I mean, they played Atlanta, they lost to, they beat Atlanta, I think, right in the week one, that's nothing. I'm sorry. I don't, that, that, come on. Atlanta's really not very good right now. And Atlanta just beat the Giants. What does that say about the Giants? Like, oh my goodness. And then last week they lost to the 49ers. Um, to the Eagles, so they're okay. I, I think that you're probably right. They're probably a six, five, six win team, maybe seven wins now that there is an extra game um, this season. But they're not, they're not really contenders at this point. Back to the Cowboys for a couple stories. Um, give us some clarity on Lyle Collins. So he he's out five games because of the bribe, or could he get more from here? I mean, it, I think as I read it, it went kind of back and forth. Like originally it was for missed tests, and they find out about the potential bribe of the collector and then it went back to five like, what's the deal it's a good question and frankly i'm not even that clear on it because it's it's going back and forth as you just said but i think one of the biggest issues right now is that the nfl has leaked this information in a way that it shouldn't have at least according to leo collins agents and it's interesting because, I mean, think about what Collins went through when he was coming out of LSU and into the draft and how he slipped so far into the seventh round and Dallas finally picked him and just took flyer. And then, excuse me, no, he was uh, an undrafted free agent, I believe. And so he, they took the flyer on him and then he came in and he performed well. And it's just another sort of weird situation um, for this young man. And it's unfortunate for his career. But what you don't usually see is – teams in the NFL announcing suspensions before they've gone through the entire process. And that's part of what Lael Collins agents are so frustrated with um, right now is that this has all become public when it still should have been under wraps. Um, so it's, we'll see exactly how many games he's out for and exactly what it is that um, they are hitting him for. But yeah, it, it's a weird and messy situation that I don't think anybody uh, really likes that they're going through right now. Miles, I know you have big plans Monday with the Raiders coming to town. I know you're very excited for that. Big plans, <laughs> big plans tonight, though. Uh, big plans tonight. Are you, are you asking me for a specific reason? Uh, is this how you're like trying to wish me happy <laughs> birthday? Are you, an anti -birth are you an anti-birthday day guy? I am not anti-birthday. I'm not. I am not as much as Adam Hill is, and I know that he is. But that was a weird way for you. Like, why don't you just be like, happy birthday, man? Right. Uh, that's, that's uncomfortable. I have big plans too, too small Friday. Too, <laughs> you're you're going to do a Friday. It's birthday week, then, is what you're saying. Yes. Well, you know what? And shout out to my good friend, Ellie Habden. She also is born on this day, and my good friend, Emma Vote as well. So shout out to both of them. Wow. Um, but so – Last weekend was my friend Ellie's weekend because she also lives out here with me in Los Angeles with her boyfriend, Nick, and we're all very good friends. So next week and is my birthday weekend, and that's when wow. I get to choose what we do. So we're going to a nice restaurant Friday night. 
we're going to do some go-karts on Saturday. So that's my big plans for the 30th birthday. Yeah, you know, what I really wanted to do was go drive uh, Porsches at the Porsche Experience Center down there in Carson. That's a little bit out of my budget. So (laughs) we're doing the next best thing, which is go-karts. Oh, that peacock money. You got to start flowing in a little (laughs) bit. Well, happy birthday, Miles. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Miles. (laughs) We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Take care. Thanks, bro. Uh, Now that he can't hear us 100%, Miles is one of those guys like Ari. Ari could be anywhere from 28 to 47. We don't know. We don't talk to him that much. And I feel like Miles could be like he could have been early 40s. I know he's young. He could be 25. I think he's got this new like, I don't know, man. He's got this new like late 60s, early 70s, like circular goatee. That's very, it's uh, very bushy. It's very rich. He's got TV stylist now. Do you think you think stylists are working on the uh, the goatee? I think so. He's a big TV. Why does guy. your go? Does your goatee look like, like those no. the Sunday morning TV shows? Do you do you get the Berman treatment? Like you get spray on hair and like they shave you and stuff? No, I I manicure it myself. But we're not doing the live Sunday shows anymore. So, who knew? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so busy on Sunday mornings now then? What's going on? All prep game for day. the games? Game day. That is crazy. I was there. I was there like. Or are you just a glutton for punishment that you're like, eh, it's one o'clock game. I got to start at 630. Is there like 815? Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. From the fantastic Nova Home Loan Studios, it's Cofield and Company. We got Sam Panionovich coming up in about 10 minutes. He's our gambling expert on Tuesday. So much to get into the much hyped Ole Miss Alabama game. And by much hyped, I'm not talking about this week. Panionovich has been looking forward to this game going back like two months. That's when he was pointing to the Alabama matchup for Matt Corral, the quarterback, and plucked 39 to 1 Heisman odds on the former USC commit who's now playing in the SEC. Uh, one follow-up on the Cowboys, and we have, we're going to hit some other Cowboys angles in the, the 5 o'clock hour. So Cowboys win last night. They crushed the Eagles. Kind of a comeback-to-earth moment for a lot of Eagles fans. You know, you come out of the gates against the Falcons, and, yeah, you know, it's be the best team in the division. 9, 10, 11 wins. Well, not last night. Uh, this one cracks me up. I joked with people around us last night, some Cowboys fans. We were hanging out at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. And I said, well, at least tonight you got saved from Mike McCarthy's buffoonery down the stretch and his clock management and his pension for trying to get a field goal no matter what. Like that, it hasn't ended. It hasn't ended. As I predicted after game one, they're going to be in like six of those spots this year. They've already been in two. They're one and one so far. They'll be in at least four more. Headline at Pro Football Talk. Jerry Jones shrugs at Mike McCarthy's struggles with clock management. Okay. It's okay. He said, quote, other teams have issues with clock management. That's part of the game. No, not at, not every, you're right. Some other teams have issues, but not every team. It also shouldn't be. It shouldn't be an issue. It's not acceptable. No. How about, how about be, then if other team, if you think 31 teams beyond you have an issue, be the best at it. Make it an advantage. He clearly needs help. Other teams, he doesn't know what he's doing. Other teams punt on fourth and one and fourth and two from plus territory. Doesn't yep. mean you should. Like just because other teams have issues with it doesn't mean you can you should accept it. And by the way, this is 
I mean, it's it, it's my favorite phrase that I say all the time. I already said it earlier today. Results-based thinking, right? Mm-hmm. Well, we won. Who cares? We won. All right, well, you might lose two or three games down the road because of it if you don't get it fixed. It's actually a good opportunity to get those things fixed when you do win. And say, hey, look, we overcame this. Like, listen, the Raiders right now are winning games despite having an atrocious offensive line. Should they just be like, oh, well, who cares? We won. Why would we try to fix the offensive line? We won. It's not a problem. We won the game, right? We're 3-0. Who cares? Doesn't always work that way. Sammy P's on the way. We're going to look at college football slate and also get into the NFL in week four. I think there's a big overreaction on the board. I, I know the story is there, and I know people are feeling really bad about New England, but seven is way too much in this game against the Buccaneers. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. All right, this is a week that Sam Paniotovich has been pointing to going back like two months. And that is, believe it or not, Alabama Ole Miss. And he called it. This was going to be a dangerous spot for Alabama and actually a money-making spot potentially for the quarterback Ole Miss. Sam, how you doing, buddy? Doing great. I'm watching a little American League East. I know football's on the mind, but we got a hell of a race out here with the Yankees, Red Sox, and Blue Jays fighting for two wildcard spots, all separated by two games. Uh, the Red Sox on Friday morning were minus 2,500 to make the playoffs at DraftKings. Mm. That implied like a 97% chance of probability. And then John Carlos Stanton happened on Saturday and Sunday. So this morning, the Red Sox minus 300 to make the playoffs. Um, it's going to be a hell of a finish out here. Don't the Red Sox have like a bye week this week? Yeah, they got three with Baltimore, three with Washington. If you don't get in with those six games, you don't deserve to be in. I agree. Yeah, it's preposterous. Who, who made the schedule? What are we doing? Well, whoever made that schedule is the same person that made the schedule for the Denver Broncos in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, who seriously, how the hell did that happen? They got the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets to start their season. All right, so we're not buying the Broncos? Is that what you're leading to? Well, I'm on the Ravens. I took two. I think it's a good bet. I, I think the injury situation is really worth paying attention to for Denver. You know, you can beat really bad teams without – you know, a lot of your weapons, but KJ Hamler just tore his ACL. He's a slot receiver. They're already without Jerry Judy, Josie Jewell. Their linebacker is out. Ronald Darby is out. And we still haven't seen Bradley Chubb yet. Eventually those things catch up to an NFL team, right? I would think, yes. but um, I, I imagine there's just some regression due. I mean, they had the easiest schedule in a long time. It doesn't mean they can't be good. It doesn't mean they can't win seven, eight, nine games, but now you got to stop Lamar Jackson without arguably your two best defensive players and your best guy in the secondary. That's not going to be easy, man. It's not. What's uh, what are some of your gambling conclusions out of the uh, Cowboys and Eagles last night? Mike McCarthy's a moron. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what now? Did you see at the end of the second quarter? It was, I think, third and six with a minute 54 to go or something like that. And he didn't like, he had timeouts to play with and he, he let the clock go all the way down to a minute. Then they ran another play. Uh, the Eagles did, and it was fourth and down the uh, fourth and uh, like four, fourth and three, whatever. 
and they were about to punt the ball back and McCarthy could call a timeout and save, you know, 55 seconds or so. And the officials on the sideline looking at him like, yo, dude, you want to call this timeout? <laughs> and he, he looks at his menu or his play chart or whatever it is. And he looks at the ref and says, nah, I'm good. And the clock runs out and they end up taking a knee to go to half. We just saw Aaron Rodgers go down the field in 35 seconds. We saw Lamar Jackson go down the field in less than 20. Mike McCarthy, the wizardry and the lack of competence when it comes to clock management, that's what I learned. That's a good football team, really good offense, but that guy is going to hold that team back in the postseason. He just he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't understand simple math, and he doesn't know how to manage the clock. Bucks are now seven against the Patriots in the uh, reunion of Belichick and Brady. This is the kind of spot I love because it's a contrarian spot. I mean, right now you can't you can't get a bet. No one will lay a bet on the Patriots. Talk me off the Patriots. Is this the wrong side? Well, look ahead number before the season. Remember that because Superbook put up numbers on all these games before the season started. They had Tampa minus three and a half <laughs> last week the 12-day number was Tampa minus five, five and a half. So now we're at seven, and I guess my first tip would be just wait. We might get to seven, you know, taking seven at plus money. This might close Tampa minus seven, minus 15, or minus 20. I had one bookmaker say, if it keeps running, we might move it to seven and a half. Like, if we don't write any bets on New England, we're going to keep going. Um the other thing you have to remember always with a Sunday night football game, the popular favorite is always going to be the last leg in every parlay, the money line parlays, the spread parlays. So you know, Ed Sammons talks about this all the time at the Westgate about the exposure and the rollover and the liability. Every book in Las Vegas is going to need the Patriots to cover. So you might as well just get to seven. And I, I don't know what it does off the seven. If it goes through, comes back. My advice to you would be, Steve, if you do like New England, take the seven. You know, there are, there are six and a halfs out there. But I know people will take six and a half. No, you protect yourself on the touchdown. Please do that. Um, here's a nugget that you might like. Bill Belichick is a home underdog all time, 12 and six against the number. Outright upsets last year in Foxborough against Arizona and Baltimore. I like the under in the game. Let me be clear. I, I like under 49. Patriots are 3-0 and to the under, and if there's any shot that they cover or win, they're going to keep this to a low and slow game. Bill's trying to be the first at 21, but that defense and that young quarterback, he doesn't want any part of a shootout. So, look, it's hard to not take seven with Belichick at home against a guy that he should know pretty well. I think the under's a better bet, under 49. Sim, what is the what's the split going to be this week in discussion, in conversation between that game – in the Red Sox. 90 to 10 Patriots. Wow. wow. Did you see Good Morning America is already at Gillette? <laughs> like the morning shows are out here. Everybody's talking so about Brady Belichick. Everybody. I, I don't so think I don't think there's really much of a care when Tom Brady's involved for anything else. It's like a jilted ex lover coming back to town. Good comparison. He does uh, gambling analysis for Nesson, for Fox Sports. It's Sam Paniotovich and Cofield and Company every Tuesday. Uh, one more point on – well, a couple more points. On the NFL, 
Is there any way to defend Matt Nagy? This isn't Justin Fields. Nagy screwed him. <laughs> this guy sucks, man. They had 47 yards of offense. He was brought in to fix the freaking offense. And they've gotten worse. The real, the real issue, it's not Matt Nagy. It's not Mitch Trubisky. It's not John Fox. It's the person who keeps putting all these people in these situations, and that's the general manager, Ryan Pace. He, he should not have a job. He's pathetic at drafting and developing talent. And I don't want to hear about how bad Justin Fields looks. Their offensive line was so pathetic that they went out and signed a 38-year-old Jason Peters who was out of work, out of shape, good player for a long time. But they were so desperate, they needed to pull a guy off a fishing boat and have him play left tackle, the most important position on the offensive line. Like, they just don't know what they're doing. And the defense is getting older. The Khalil Max and the, the Akeem Hickses and all those guys, like, they're going to be on the wrong side of 30 very, very soon. And then you have a defense that can't stop anybody, an offensive line that can't block anybody. Well, you have a talented quarterback, but he's got nobody to throw to and he has no time to throw. So the whole organization is, is a joke. They've been a joke for a while. And I said this the other day on the radio in Chicago. Justin Fields was a Band-Aid on a cut that needed stitches. The problems are so beyond the quarterback, it's not even funny. What do you think of the 20 that was initially hung? Alabama, Mississippi, it's now 14 and a half, 15. I said two weeks ago, I think on this show, I said I was hoping to get anything over 14, and I took 15. Now, you know, those circuit numbers go up. I give them great credit. I give Metcalf and the crew a lot of credit for opening these numbers first, but I, I – I, if I was in Vegas and I could have bet that, I would have sprinted to Circa or logged into my app and taken 20. It's just, look, look, he took a stance. The number clearly was a little bit short, but he's okay with that because he wants to see what the true number is. The Circa number helps you get to the market number, if that makes any sense. And it got there right away. It's about 14 and a half, 15 right now. I've been banging this Matt Corral drum for two months. He is too good. He's too shifty. He can throw. He can run. Their offense is cooking. They play with speed and tempo. And here's the other thing. Ole Miss, they're going to get T.O.P.'d a lot this season. They're not going to have the ball more than you are. That's okay in week four against Alabama. You play Alabama in week 10, it's different because then Alabama can run you off the field. I still think the legs of the defense are fresh enough to get stops. All this talk about how can Ole Miss stop Alabama – how is Alabama going to stop Ole Miss? This is a quarterback. This type of quarterback historically gives them fits because on third and five, he can do anything on the field. That's what Johnny Manziel did to them. That's what Joe Burrow did to them. A quarterback that's dual threat, that protects the football and plays with tempo that could push it down the field. Those guys give Alabama problems. I'm not saying Ole Miss is going to win the game, but, man, that's a lot of points to give a very, very good offense and a very, very good quarterback. It's too many, I think. Check out Sam's podcast, Chicken Dinner, at Chicken X Dinner, up on Twitter. All right, last one. Wisconsin, one and a half against Michigan. I want you to talk about Michigan last week, and what do you think about this week? I thought Michigan should have lost that game, the Rutgers, honestly. I was, I was pumped. Yeah, first half, not so pumped. Second half, super pumped. Um, always love to take the points with Rutgers, as you know. But Michigan, to me, whoo, that is going to be the trappiest pick or the sexiest pick. And we're already seeing the market. 
those guys came in. The pros came in. They laid pick them. Well, they they obviously you don't lay pick them. They took Wisconsin pick them, and they laid the one. So we're at two at Circa Westgate. We're at one and a half at some offshore shops. The public will be on Michigan, and it appears the early sharp money is on Wisconsin. That defense, notably that defensive line, will counter the Michigan running attack. This will be the first test for Michigan's offense and their offensive line. If they can't throw against Wisconsin, they could easily lose this game. Just be careful. Pay attention to the details here. We're seeing 70% of the bets on Michigan so far, but the line has moved from pick to minus two on Wisconsin. There's a reason for that. Sam, that was freaking awesome. We'll talk to you. You're freaking awesome, man. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) I am. Thank you. Adam, too. Adam, too. (laughs) Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Big Five is on the way. Five o'clock hour filled with Robin Leonard talk. Well, speaking of Leonard, he was talking to a podcast and got all over the local media. Uh Uh-oh, we'll play those clips. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans.